Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to, this is going to be actually an episode of The Reality of Dreams, and I hope that you're very excited to hear this, because I haven't done a dreams episode in a long time, but this is important, because these are dreams that I've had concerning the elections that I I just want to share with you, and what I believe is going to happen. And to tell you the truth, this is not a prophetic word. This is what Brandy and I have been discussing, and what we believe is going to happen, but we haven't heard anything from the Lord about this. But... We feel like Joe Biden may be inaugurated and it may take weeks or months before he's removed from office. Now, there are other prophets who say that it might, it probably won't take that long. It'll only take about a week and so forth. But, you know, we have been tr- really just being silent on the issue because it's not for us to try and point you to God. We're not the voice of God for you. You can hear God for yourself. So, The Lord told us not to respond to any questions because basically what is going on is people are looking to the prophets for answers and then still questioning everything anyway. People are in fear and anxiety, and we covered this in What's Ahead for America, the last podcast that we did. And so I want to share with you some dreams that I've had that I believe are showing us the direction of where the country is going in the future. The first one I had on Thanksgiving Day, I believe it was. It was November 26th of 2020. And I had a dream. Well, I'll I'll tell you the whole dream, the whole vision, which was a little weird. So I saw all of these soldiers standing on a board, right? And they were all like kind of clustered together in some areas. And everybody turned towards the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court rendered a decision and said Tacitus Electus Analogus. And I had to look up what that meant because I don't speak Latin, first of all, and I I didn't know any, I just didn't know what it meant. So I looked up what what does Tacitus mean? And I found out that Tacitus was an emperor in Rome and that he became an emperor through rightfully through elections, but he also had to fight as basically a civil war and stomped down people who were trying to usurp, usurp the throne from him and these revolts and things that were going on. So even though he was the rightfully elected emperor, people were still trying to take his seat. Now, electus means in Latin, elected. Isn't that interesting? And analogus means the same or it's, it's repeated. So it basically translates to Tacitus was elected the same. And I believe that was regarding Donald Trump. And I believe that that's indicating that there will be a Supreme Court decision that completely overturns the election results and, uh, you know, other things. So another dream that I had was this morning, I had a dream that I was in one of my friend's houses. Her name was Christopher. And upstairs in his house was a table, and I could see that everybody had been playing poker, you know, playing cards, basically. And the only person that was left sitting at the table was Christopher, or Chris, but he shows up in my dream, and when I look at my caller ID, it says Chris T on it. So I'm pretty sure that's Christ, okay? So (laughs) get it, Chris, space T, Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, it's Chris with a T, um, because Christopher means bearer of Christ. So anyway, n- nobody's at the table with Jesus, 
And I see he lays out his hand and he has a royal flush. And that is a 10 jack, king, queen, ace. Or 10 jack, queen, king, ace, you know, in, in that particular order. And nobody else had a hand that could beat that. He had the best hand, but nobody was at the table. But I could tell everybody's cards had been... Um, I just kind of knew what everybody's cards were and what their hands were and that nobody could beat uh, Christ or Chris. And I walk around the house and I'm looking and everybody's asleep. I go outside out the front porch and it's a bright, sunshiny day. I go back in the house. I go upstairs and I see this person named Shane come stumbling and he's not wearing any clothing and he's real groggy like he just woke up and he wants to rejoin the game and pick up the hand that was dealt to him and and you know basically play the game and get back in and get back in the game he wanted to get back in the game so I said okay lean on me I let him lean on me because he was kind of weak he was shaken you know and um, he was groggy, but I knew he wasn't drunk, but it, got, it almost kind of seemed like that. He had his strength sapped out of him. And he leaned on me, and he got dressed and then went and rejoined the game, and Chris smiled. And that was the end of the dream. And so what that dream was showing me was that walking out the front porch represents things that are come to come. The brightness shows me that it was a dream from God, and it wasn't just something from my own flesh. But what that dream is showing, and I don't believe that has anything to do with politics, but it's showing that Jesus has played his hand. A lot of people who are supposed to be with him, um, operating with the hand that they've dealt, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, are not at the table with Jesus. They've kind of left, kind of walked away. But what's happening is Jesus is giving us a time of grace. Now, the, sh the name Shane means God has been gracious or God has shown grace. And so it's showing, I believe, that represents the body of Christ or a, a movement of grace because I was looking on, you know, when you look at something, you're looking at the body. Um, a person is a body, essentially, you know. And so it was showing that there's going to be a grace awakening in that's coming back to the table to play the hand that Jesus has dealt us. And it also speaks of the virgins waking up getting dressed or getting equipped because we're in the last days and Jesus is coming. Now his hand has been played for everybody to see. And so we're going to see whatever it is he's going to do, whatever it is he's going to flush out. We're going to see that. And it could be referencing the body of Christ. It could be rep referencing politics, but I didn't see any evidence that it was referencing politics. So I believe that it was actually just referencing that there's a flushing coming to the body of Christ. But we'll see how that plays out. And that the body of Christ has been shown grace and favor at this time. And it's part of my job to help the church to rise up in this time of grace and to be equipped to do what it is that Jesus has called them to do. Now, I had another vision that I had this morning, and I'll call it He-Man and the Storm. And now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking He-Man, um, like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe by the powers of Grayskull or whatever. Um, that's not the He-Man that I uh, that I met. It was actually in the dream. It was a teacher that I had, and his name was He-Man that I had as a, a teacher way back in like 1998 or 1997 or so. He was my technology teacher. Um, you know, but what they call technology, they call woodworking um, back in the day or, or uh, you know, whatever they called 
the the class i think it was called woodworking way back in the day where they you know use saws and stuff like that but they called it tech because it's more politically correct i guess you know like we're using new technology no we're using band saws and and so forth <laughs> we're making co2 cars and and making stained glass windows yeah that's not that's not really technology if you ask me but whatever um so anyway in this vision we were all standing like there was me and a bunch of students basically Okay, and we were standing at a window and we were looking at a, a dead honeybee, and somebody said a bee can still sting even though it's it looks dead. It can still sting. So, um, then we went into the lab where all the tables were and the you know the band saws and and all this stuff, and all of a sudden the skies got dark and there was a there were flashes of lightning that were so bright and so big and powerful that it made a loud noise and the students got scared. And Mr. Heeman comes out and he leads everybody into the main area where the desks are, away from windows and everything where everybody is safe. But there's still windows in the room that you can see through very clearly to see to the outside. And um, But everybody was safe in, in there. But basically he wanted us out of the 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 room where we put everything you know, do all the work and stuff, the the lab, because um, there was a lot of metal and, and so forth in there and a person could get hurt if they stayed in there and lightning struck, you know, something metal, you know, he didn't want anybody to get hurt. So we were all inside that room. So I looked up, what does the name Heman mean? And as I looked it up, I came across the, the meaning of it, the name and it's Jewish and it means faithful one. But it's a it's it's basically a variation of the word Haman also, which can mean um, a big noise or a, t- a tumult. So something that could be loud, noisy, you know, scary, frightening, which is interesting because that's the pattern in the dream. The lightning flashed, the thunder was heard, it was very powerful, okay? So there could have been a noise. Now that's usually an established pattern. So what was Haman representing? Haman was actually one of the two Hemans that are mentioned or Hamans that are mentioned in the Bible. And one is the wicked man that hated God's people and wanted to persecute God's people, kill all the Jews. Okay, well, now we're all of God's people because we're Christian. We've been adopted into the family of Israel. We belong to Jesus Christ. We're brothers of Jesus who was Jewish. Therefore, that makes us Jewish. All right, we're Jewish by adoption, even though we might not have been raised in the Jewish faith and know all the things that they know or, you know, but we're still in, entitled to their promises as well. And that's not to say that we've replaced Israel. We haven't replaced Israel at all, but we have joined them and become heirs of the promise. And that's exactly what uh, Paul says about us as well. He says, if we've been heir, co- if we're co-heirs, if we're co-heirs with Christ or we're children, then we're co-heirs with Christ. So we're heirs to what? We're heirs to everything, all of the promises, all of the blessings in the riches of Christ's glory. So that's pretty awesome, right? Now, the other Haman was actually a seer and a prophet to David the king. And David means beloved. So he was a prophet to the beloved. And we're the beloved. In the Bible, John calls us beloved. Peter calls us beloved. They call us dearly children, beloved. Paul calls us beloved. And so that's talking about he's a seer to us. So in the windows represent that this is a this is a vision, which clearly it was a vision because I saw this in a vision. It wasn't a dream. I saw 
as soon as I started to pray in the Spirit, that's what I saw. And so what the Holy Spirit was showing me is that even though words from the Lord may seem like they're dead, they still are powerful even if they appear dead, they are still impactful and they can still sting or make an effect on somebody. So these words that people think are just dead words from the prophet, they're powerful and they, they're, they can still be used. Their purpose can still be met. So it, the honeybee was very specific because even though bees can typically represent stinging words or things that people have spoken against you, what usually happens is when you have a dream, you don't see honeybees. You see wasps or hornets or, you know, some sort of very kind of destructive, mean, can sting you rapidly multiple times that kind of thing. But in this case, it was a honeybee. And so the honey is the word of the Lord, right? So what God is saying is that even though these words appear, appear dead, even though there's been prophetic words out there that people think are going to come to nothing, he's saying there's still something left in them. There's still the their ability to carry out their purpose is still alive, even though, you know, some people have um, renounced it, basically. So Heman being a, a prophet or representing the prophet of God shows that this is a vision, this is a prophetic word, and it's to the children, the students, and that's us because Jesus is the master, the rabboni, the teacher, okay? And so it's showing that prophetic seers are leading the children to safety and protecting them at such a time as this where God is displaying, is going to display or is displaying his power on full display so that the children aren't wounded or hurt as this goes down. So God's protecting us from what's about to go down, what he's doing right now as it takes place. And I heard the Lord say he's not only going to deal with the corruption that's in America, but he's going to deal with the do-nothing prophets is what he called them. Um, and these were basically the, the, the prophetic voices that he's given to the world or to America and so forth. And really, America has produced a lot of prophets, right? Um, but these are the prophets that they just sit and they don't ever take a risk in giving a prophetic word or making a declaration. Like, they typically say, well, I don't get involved in politics and predicting the elections and this and that and all that stuff. And, you know, there's some some righteousness to that, but we should be out there telling people, you know, let's vote for God's heart. If this person stands for what God stands for, we need to vote for them. We need to vote for God's heart, despite the fact that we might not like their character or so forth. You know, like I didn't want to vote for Donald Trump because I did not like his character. I thought his character was horrible. But he was for the things that God is for, abolishment of abortion, you know, um, freedom of speech, keeping uh, America safe and, and all these, these things, you know. Um, he wanted us to bring God back into the schools. He wanted prayer time in the schools. He wanted freedom of religion and for Christians to not be persecuted. And he weren't warned Christian pastors, and they blasted him on the news about this, that if Democrats get in the office, the body of Christ comes under attack, and they're coming against us immediately against Christians. And there's a reason for that, but we're not going to get into it. So the do-nothing prophets, who they will say, you know, we should vote for this because of this and that, but they don't want to predict elections. They don't want to make predictions. They don't say anything until it seems like after everybody's already spoken and the prophetic word comes to pass, then they're like, oh yeah, we said this. And they point it out way 
you know, they're like, yeah, we said this, we said this, but you don't see any evidence of it really until afterwards. Like there's no, this is what's going to happen and they make it known. All right. And so these are the same people that will sit back and point their fingers like, well, that prophetic word never came to pass. Oh, they're a false prophet or they're in error. They're not hearing God's voice and they've deviated from the path and all this other stuff. But yet they didn't make any prophesy prophecies themselves. They didn't have the boldness to stand in the face of persecution or to to take the risk of of being wrong and getting it wrong and having to apologize and humble yourself they sat there and they did nothing and this attitude is going to be checked by God and now this isn't something that is going to cause a person to be removed from their church removed from the body of Christ or whatever you're not going to lose your salvation over this but God's calling for bold prophets and he's going to deal with people who are prophetic but they're weak in faith and that they're looking at things still from the the eyes of man and not through the eyes of the Lord, and they're not standing on the word of God. So we're going to see this, and there will be a little bit of a falling away, but these people will end up becoming more bold because of it. And that includes the do-nothing prophets who give prophetic words that are like, the word of the Lord today is to stand, stand on the promises of God. Well, I really dislike when people say stand on the promises of God because if you're just standing still, you're doing nothing. You're literally doing nothing for the body of Christ, for, for Jesus. You know, and what happens is a, a rock that stands still grows moss. And I was telling my wife about this not too long ago about how there's a casino in New York and in, in uh, uh, Verona or Vernon. I'm not, I don't remember. I think it's in Verona, New York. But it's called Turning Stone Casino. And so when we talked to, well, a guy worked for them a while ago, like many years ago, over 10 years ago, I believe. Um, and they, Mr. Halbritter, the, you know, owner, president, CEO, or whatever of the, of the Turning Stone Casino said that the reason that they chose the word Rolling Stone or turning stone was because a moving stone doesn't grow moss. And the Oneida Indian nation had become stagnant. They were down to just basically a trailer park on 32 acres of land when basically most of New York State was their land. And they weren't going to let that happen again or anymore. And I'll tell you, I, I feel for my my uh, brothers and sisters that are indigenous, you know, because you've been persecuted and had your land taken from you and hurt so much and I, I just personally, I know it really probably, it doesn't change anything, but maybe it's just nice to hear that I say, I'm sorry for my ancestors or for our forefathers in this land that hurt you and stole from you and wounded you. And I pray that you accept our forgiveness, our, um, our apology, my apology, and that you forgive us and that we can move forward together in unity as the body of Christ. For um, I mean, I I really mean it, um, and it's the same for my African brothers and sisters. You know, I I don't I'm I know I didn't own any slaves, and as far as I know, my relatives didn't own any. And even if they did, it's not something I would be proud of, you know, to talk about. But I would like to say I'm sorry for what our forefathers did as well, and it may not change anything. It may not heal the hurt. It may not heal the brokenness in the land, but it's a start, right? So maybe we can just, let's just move forward off of that topic. But that, that's my heartfelt emotion. Now, I just want to kind of share something that I, I, I feel 
in my feeler, but I don't believe it's a prophetic word. So don't say, oh, this is a prophetic word. He's predicting the Super Bowl. But I do recall that there was a prophecy that when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, this great revival would come to America. This great awakening would come to America. I believe that this year the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. And that's a big thing for me to say because I am a Buffalo Bills fan. And the Buffalo Bills are doing great this year. They're 13-5 and five or something like that. You know, they're beating teams that, I mean, they beat the Steelers, who are a phenomenal team, okay? And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, brag. I've been a Buffalo Bills fan for 27 years, since 1992. We're going on 28 years now. Since 1992, I became a Buffalo Bills fan uh, when they went to the Super Bowl. That was the last time they went to the Super Bowl. That's a long time to be a fan of a team that has not had a winning record in 28 years, okay? And I got to tell you, my patience was tested with the Buffalo Bills. I was about ready to to quit on them, and I was going to become a Giants fan, and I'm glad I didn't become a Giants fan because, you know, how about them Giants this year, huh? How about the fact that my family's been Patriots fans and this is prophetic also. I'm sorry if this is uh, offensive to you, but I believe that, you know, the two main people that are patriots, they've been caught doing things wrong, stealing um, codes and, and, you know, words and stuff or taking actions into their own hands to try to manipulate things so that they could win a Super Bowl or make sure that they could win a Super Bowl and Tom Brady also said his witch, his wife is a white witch, quote unquote, and that she would tell him she would cast a spell and tell him to do certain things, and he would, and he'd win the Super Bowl. So that to me is prophetic of America. It's prophetic of what's going on in politics. The person who's supposed to be calling the shots is relying on witchcraft to help them, and they they've been caught multiple instances. They've been caught, and I believe that that's prophetic of what's going on. And I also believe Tom Brady being traded to the Buccaneers, which are pirates, is showing that there's piracy or, you know, theft or stealing that was going on, you know, disguised as American patriotism, essentially. But there was theft that was going on that's been exposed also. And the number 12, that's the number of judgment. It's the number of reigning and ruling and government and authority. So just just take a look at that and think about that. But Anyway, I believe that what's going to happen is that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And again, this is not a prophetic word, but God's mighty Chiefs, his mighty ones. You know, the word for Chiefs is used in Isaiah 14, and that's talking about the demonic spirits that are rulers over the land. But the the Chiefs that um, God is speaking about is the the rulers of America, not the, the disembodied spirits of the um, fallen hybrid people. But the rulers of the church, the body of Christ, the new leadership is going to sweep across America. And I believe that that dream dealing with Shane, which Shane means God has been gracious or God has shown grace, is showing that there's going to be an awakening of God's grace in this land and that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year, even though I really want the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So... That is, I guess you could say it was a prophetic word, but that's, it's not a prophetic word because I didn't, I'm trying to specify and I'm always very meticulous to specify when I believe something is prophetic and that I've specifically heard it from the Lord. And when I just believe 
that it's me and it's my own flesh. But that's what I believe. You know, it could turn out to be prophetic. I don't know, but I'm telling you, I didn't hear that from God. That's just what I feel in my feeler, in my spirit, you know, you could say. So that's all that I have to share today. I believe that some cool things are going to happen. I agree with Hank Kuhneman. Um, two days ago, I saw that Hank Kuhneman had posted something on YouTube, and I don't watch other prophets. Brandy and I don't watch prophets. We don't watch the news. We don't We don't really care about any of that stuff. And I know I post things on Facebook, but it was recently in the past month, month and a half that I came to, I I started to notice that when I put the news on, that demons came in with the news. They would literally come in right next to the TV when the news was on. And there was always a dark presence. So I decided to turn it off and look, the demons stopped coming in with the news. They stopped coming in through the news. So be careful of what you watch with, because if I watch news, the only ones I would watch is Newsmax or OAN, you know, stuff like that. Um, or NTD, but even the, the demons still come through that. There's demons assigned with the news. I don't know what to tell you. News is an acronym for Northeast, West, and South, or Northeast, South, and West. Um, just, just to let you know. So it's all directions of what's going on in, in every corner, every area of the world. So be mindful of that. But anyway, I was watching, I saw Hank Kuhneman on YouTube and I, I pressed play and I usually don't, but I felt pretty prompted to press it. And, an angel appeared right next to the TV. An angel. Usually it's, it's you know, when you put on stuff, um, not prophetic words, but like I said about the news, you know, demons appear. But in this case, I put on Hank Kuhneman and an angel appeared. He said, these are the words that the Lord spoke. And then he disappeared just like that. So I believe Hank Kuhneman's right. I believe we're about to go through a time of testing for a short period, like perhaps this week will be a testing period. Um, I believe that there's going to be an overturn of the elections, but I don't know the time frame. Brandy and I don't usually give time frames, but let's just pay attention. Let's watch and see what happens. And I want to give you some hope. I love you. Be blessed. And I hope that this has been a huge blessing to you and that it gives you comfort and encouragement as we go into this new era, this new phase In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you all.